1989 essay, Trey Ellis announced a new artistic movement in African-American culture, the New Black Aesthetic. These young writers and artists, Ellis claimed, challenged the aesthetic, representational, and confrontational politics of the Black arts movement. At the same time, they created art that captured the unique textures of 1980s and 1990s racial politics. Ellis described this new generation of artists as cultural mulattoes who felt at home in both black and white worlds. Their art examined the cleavages and fractures within the black community in the post-civil rights era without ignoring the persistence of racism in black lives. This generation of writers and artists transformed the African-American novel by reimagining its possibilities, its audience, its tone, its themes, and its structure. The period between 1989 and 2001 saw the first novels of Randall Keenan, Paul Beatty, A.J. Verdell, Danzy Senna, Daryl Pickney, Colson Whitehead, Matt Johnson, and Darius James. It was a vibrant literary outpouring that offered myriad representational possibilities, freeing readers and writers alike. You're listening to Remarkable Receptions, a podcast about popular and critical responses to African-American novels. By the late 1980s and early 1990s, a new generation of African-American writers sought to write about the complexities and nuances of Black life in a newly multicultural world where affirmative action theoretically opened more opportunities. Trey Ellis had already made a name for himself with the publication of his 1988 novel, Platitudes. The novel offers a postmodern collage that included both an experimental novel set in the urban north, written by a wealthy young Black man, and a Black feminist novel rooted in the rural South. The novel rejected experimentation for experimentation's sake and overtly political writing. Instead, Ellis sought to explore the competing artistic strategies and visions of the era. The novel embraced Black urban culture and an ironic postmodern attitude. Platitudes and its author quickly gained recognition for its innovative approach. A decade of artistic innovation was on the rise. 1989 saw the publication of Randall Keenan's A Visitation of Spirits that explores the religious crisis of Horace Cross, a gay black 16-year-old in the South. Keenan seriously addressed topics like sexuality and Christianity that had been relatively ignored, downplayed, and neglected during the civil rights era and its aftermath. Critics instantly saw how Keenan was expanding the focus of African-American novels to examine conflicts within Black communities. Then, Daryl Pickney published High Cotton in 1992. Pickney's novel explores the world of the talented 10th and elite African-Americans who had attended the best schools and were leaders in the fight for social advancement and equality. With humor and wit, Pickney illuminates the social challenges that these African-Americans face, struggling to find a place within American society and Black culture. The New York Times hailed the novel as the considered achievement of a seasoned mind, and one that has a distinctive voice and vision. Also in 1992, 
Darius James's negrophobia exploded onto the literary scene with its experimental depiction of a white teenager's view of African-American culture. Malcolm X, Walt Disney, Uncle Rap Remus, and a host of other characters and symbols all shaped the story, embracing African-American vernacular expression, hip-hop, popular culture, and postmodernism, James takes his readers on a wild journey through American racial stereotypes and myths. James also showed a willingness to go beyond the confines of the earnest protest novel or the building's Roman. This was a raw and hilarious look at America's obsession with race and popular culture. It also played with language and form, underscoring that black writers could challenge readers both thematically and stylistically. This decade of black artistic innovation gained steam. A.J. Verdell's The Good Negress, published in 1995, received a stamp of approval and a blurb from Toni Morrison, who rarely provided them. Verdell's novel is a masterpiece of language, exploring a young girl's struggle to master, quote, proper English in this coming-of-age story. Verdell's novel carefully examines language, gender, regionalism, and social class. By the late 1990s, African-American writers began commenting on and parodying the obsession with black artists and culture, especially hip-hop culture, in music, publishing, television, and film. Paul Beatty's 1996 White Boy Shuffle and Percival Everett's 2001 Erasure hilariously skewer the perverse interest in black culture that seems to distort as much as it reveals about black life. Both Beatty and Everett demonstrate a vast knowledge of black cultural and historical figures, highlighting the irony in how the increasing proliferation of black images in American popular culture alienates actual African Americans and obfuscates actual ongoing racial dynamics. These novels both embrace and criticize multiculturalism's influence on contemporary black writing that Ellis championed in his essay on the new black aesthetic. In the wake of the flourishing of new black aesthetic writing, Danzi Senna published her first novel, Caucasia, in 1998. The novel explores the experiences of a biracial girl whose parents had been involved in radical activism and who was forced to retreat with her white mother into white America. Senna writes about how the protagonist must hide her biracial identity and loses touch with her black father and sister. Colson Whitehead published his award-winning first novel, The Intuitionist, in 1999, and it explores debates about multiculturalism and affirmative action. Again, postmodern influences abound, as the story is told through the lens of the first black female elevator inspector in a setting that resembles an earlier period of American history, but also feels remarkably current. Matt Johnson's first novel, Drop, came out in 2000. It comically explores a young black man's attempt to enter the middle class, find professional success in advertising by becoming an expatriate like writers Richard Wright and James Baldwin, only to realize he cannot escape the United States. The 1990s, the decade that followed Ellis's pronouncement about the new black aesthetic, ushered in a whole new generation of writers. Writers whose novels focused on growing up 
and living in a post-affirmative action and supposedly multicultural America. These novels talked about issues including sexuality, multiracial identity, classism, hip-hop, basketball, among other things that represented an expansive range of black experiences and highlighted intra-racial conflicts. Many of these writers have gone on to incredible literary success. This renaissance of black writing in the 1990s also inspired the next generation of writers. This episode was written by Richard Shore, professor of English at Drury University. He is the author of Parodies of Ownership, Hip-Hop Aesthetics, and Intellectual Property Law. And he is the co-editor with LaValerie King of Just as Unveiled, African-American Culture, and the Law. This episode was edited by Elizabeth Callie and me, Howard Ramsey. This podcast, Remarkable Receptions, is part of the Black Literature Network, a joint project from African-American Literary Studies at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville and the History of Black Writing at the University of Kansas. The project was made possible by the generous support of the Mellon Foundation. For more information, visit blacklitnetwork.org.